Welcome, everybody, to the One Point Safety Podcast. Because of the COVID-19 situation we have going on, we are doing this podcast virtually through Zoom, so bear with us. It could absolutely be a shit show. We have Adam and Marty, and I didn't tell them yet, so I'm going to tell them now. There's going to be no editing on this, so what <laughs> is what you get. <laughs> um, but uh, just because we don't have a lot of sports going on right now doesn't mean that there's not a lot of sports you know topics coming up or things going on that is going to be fun to talk about so uh glad you guys are here uh, i'm mark sherrick hopefully we're all staying safe out there yep absolutely coming up on thursday is a big day for the sports world we were going to be live on location at coonan's uh, which is an irish bar here in bay city michigan but now with all everything being shut down that's not going to happen, but we were going to be live on location for the NFL draft that's starting on Thursday. And I don't know about you guys, but I am fucking excited because it's sports related and it's something I look forward to every year. I love the draft. Um, I can't think of one that I've missed in the last like six years. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I just need some kind of sports in my life and NFL draft is definitely that, that filler. So I'm I'm hankering for sports so much that I'm going out to the lagoon at the Bay City Park to watch the geese fight. Yes. <laughs> no joke. That's awesome. No joke, boys. Yeah. I think everyone's a little like that, right? I mean, like, we're trapped in our houses. There's nothing else to do. I mean, you're so used to there always being some sports outlet to watch. Um, but so the draft's coming up. It's going to be an exciting one. You got Joe Burrow, you got Tua, you have um, Chase Young. You just there's a lot of a lot of big names, a lot of big talent that uh, I'm really I'm really curious to see how it how it turns out. So I don't know if you guys put together or do any mock drafts, but I I have a mock draft of my first five picks because that's that's when the most excitement happens because there's always a lot of people trading and trying to get a certain person. So. Um, do you guys do you guys have a mock draft? I actually didn't mock draft. No. I didn't mock draft only because I feel like there's so much potential for there to be trades just everywhere this year that I mean, is Washington gonna stay there and take Chase Young or are they gonna get something that they can't pass up? You know, are the Lions gonna trade back? Is Miami even gonna feel like they need to trade up, or do they still think they can get Tua before then? Do the Chargers want to trade down? It's I, I feel like the first 10, 12 picks of this, I mean, all bets are off. Who knows what's gonna happen? So yeah, I mean, mock it, don't mock it. I, I I'm super excited. I haven't been this excited for, you know, I think of one like Mariota and Winston. When I think it was like one, two. And then the year before that, they went down and got um, Chicago's quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, and all that stuff. Like, yeah, 100% agree that he's not, not what he was sold to be. But I really think we could see just a ton of movement in the first round. And I also think we could see, just because there's quarterback needy teams out there, we could see people trading in from the second round, giving up second and third picks, trying to get back into the first round just to get that fifth year extension. Right. And and even last year with Daniel Jones and da- or in uh, New York trading up to 
get him, it was just like we we're like, you picked who with the sixth pick? Like, yeah. So yeah, it's always, there's always trades going on. Well, I put together a mock draft because I like. Putting, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I love putting together lists. Um, so number one, since he picks Joe Burrow, you know the franchise quarterback. What better franchise quarterback than like, that broke all of the records in the book last year? Just a solid quarterback. I, I, I think they'd be crazy to pass up on him. Oh, yeah. So I have him at number one. I have Chase Young at number two going to Washington. Yep. Not saying they need an edge rusher, but every team in the NFL can use an edge rusher of that caliber. And mm-hmm. he's the best number one. He's the number one overall talent in the draft, in my opinion. He's a beast. He's an immediate playmaker. Um, if Cincinnati didn't need a quarterback, they'd be taking Chase Young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they just – they need a fucking quarterback. Uh, so I have him number two. I have Detroit taking Okada. Sorry, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the interesting pick is, is Detroit going to stay with the third pick? And because, you know, I, I agree with your list so far with you know, Burrow one. Uh, Chase Young too, but do, you know, they just lost Jerry Slade, you know, do they take Okuda or do they trade down in the draft? Like, you know, Marty was kind of thinking maybe they trade back to like the ninth pick or something like that. So Yeah, or do they look at, do they take a hard look at like a Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn, who's been making some splashes too. Really just Who's who's the best player available on defense? I think that's what they need to be looking at, or trade down and, and accumulate and get some more picks. And in my list, I didn't do any trades or anything because, like Marty said, it could be there'd be a thousand mock drafts. Right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Everything stays the same. This is what I think will happen, and why I think they're gonna take. How do you say his name? Akuda. Akuda. Why I think they're gonna take him is he's the best cornerback in the draft, but. The Lions were 32nd in defense last year, and then they traded away their best defensive cornerback, best defensive player. So they don't need just help. They have, like, gaping holes that they need to fix. Defensive line, cornerback. I think they're going to have to address safety somewhere in the second or third round, too. Right. Um, Agreed. This has got to be a defensive defensive draft for – Detroit. Yeah, they're going to get some wide receivers that they need help on, but I mean, their defense is just god awful. They need to basically do an overhaul of the defense. Yeah. So So they they picked up a lot of uh, free agents. Um, So I mean, they're they're looking to build depth and competition there. Mm -hmm. So you know what they say: you can't build a team just in the draft. You have to do free agency. You have to do draft. You have to do unrestricted or unsigned. Uh, draftees and all that stuff so hopefully between all the moves they're making something pans out if not we're gonna have a new coach and a GM next year yeah I can't I can't really say much I don't know what the the lot of the Rams are doing (laughs) (laughs) what are the Rams doing never mind that they just changed their logo like three I think like two or three other the Colts changed their logos too yeah. Um, so they're not like out there by themselves, but yeah, but their their logo's ugly. They're trading away, you know, key players. It's and they're in the hardest division in football. It's going to be a rough year to be a Rams fan, but you know, Rams, Rams, Rams. 
That's you know, right. it could it could be a rough year to be a Miami Dolphins fan too, because you think of how many picks. I think they have three first round picks right now, mm-hmm. and they have to get a quarterback. So, like, do they sit on their threes? Because I mean, they gave up a uh, Pro Bowl caliber cornerback, or he's playing safety for them to Steelers. They gave up a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, and they do not have a quarterback anymore. So, like, do they trade up to get the one that they want? Do they sit back? Like, this is, like, make or break for the Miami Dolphins. I'm super curious to see what they do with that draft capital and what moves they make, or do they sit back and let the draft come to them and watch it play out? It's going to be super interesting. I just don't know who takes – I have Miami taking two. I have Giants taking – uh, since they already have their quarterback with Daniel Jones, I have them taking Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker, um, okay. fastest fastest linebacker in the draft with a 4.39 40-yard dash. Um, so if you look at the top four before they get to Miami, since he's going to get their quarterback, really it comes down to Detroit and Washington. And I think Detroit's still on the Matt train, which I, I'm not going to blame them for. And then are you going to give up Chase Young to get a quarterback that you just drafted Dwayne Haskins? Are you going to give up Chase Young so that you can have two young quarterbacks, one of which has broke or has had surgery on both uh, knees or ankles and broke his hip and all this? I just don't see it. Well, and when, and when Tua hurt his hip uh, in that game last year, you know, they were talking like it was, pretty much the same uh, injury that uh, Bo Jackson had where it effectively ended his career. Right. They said the problem with Bo Jackson is he did not have it treated right away. And that's why it ended his career. Right. But um, not just Miami, but also thinking about the Chargers who are sitting out there without Rivers anymore. So Miami has to be mindful that, you know, the Chargers might have someone that they're absolutely in love with, and they might just be like, you know what, I'll give up this year's first-round pick and next year's first-round pick to get in front of the Dolphins so that I know that I just drafted who I think is my franchise quarterback for the next five years at least. God, I just – I'm just not on the Tua train yet. I'm not either. I just don't think he can stay healthy for long enough. Yeah. Yeah. It stinks because – he doesn't get hurt. Sorry. If he doesn't get hurt and doesn't, you know, break his hip, we're having a conversation like, who is it? Tua or Burrow? I mean, it's a yeah. Yeah. conversation. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. I was like, take that hip injury out of here. And, and maybe, maybe the hip injury is playing too much of a factor. I, I don't know. It's weird because like, there's no pro days. They can't bring people in to do their own medical exam. So like, Really, everything we know about Tua is from the combine and what his doctors are saying. And that's it. There's no teams bringing him in and being like, oh, yeah, we worked him out. He moves really well, yada, yada, yada. Bone structure looks great. You know, no worries at all. It's all just here's what we knew eight weeks ago. Right. right. And with, with corona, you know, sweeping through and shutting everything down, I, I was listening to somebody's podcast, and they were talking about how, you know, is this going to hurt the players or this or that? And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? They got all the tape in the world of all of these people. They have the comp, they, they did the combine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you couldn't bring them in to do, you know, on site training or, or whatever, but 
you can watch the tape, you can look at the combine, you can make an educated decision on those things. I get to sit down and talk to them. You can have Zoom conversations. Like, I get it. it would, is it optimal? No. But are we living in an optimal world right now? Also, no. Right. You have, you have 12 to 14 games of film from last year that you can look at. If you can't make a justifiable um, pick from that, then you shouldn't even be in the front office of an NFL team. So. Right. 100% agree. Yeah. So, so if, real quick here, do you guys know who uh, Gil Brandt is in the NFL world? Mm-hmm. Heard the name. Yeah, I've heard. Just went into the Hall of Fame. uh, 29-year career. He's got. He drafted nine Hall of Famers for the Cowboys. First pro personnel to use a computer for drafting and to include psychological testing. Uh, He also led to building the NFL scouting combine. So a lot of people call him like the Godfather because he just revolutionized a lot of that. I always like to go. He does like a top 150 list for Mm -hmm. the NFL draft every year. Mm -hmm. And it's never what you think you're seeing in like the mock drafts on ESPN and CBS and everything else. So just real quick, um, from someone that's been scouting players his entire life and kind of revolutionized it, I'll just read like maybe his first 10 real quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Burrow at one, Chase Young at two, Isaiah Simmons at three, Justin Herbert at four, quarterback, Mm-hmm. Tua Tavoya at five, Derek Brown at six, Jedrick Williams, offensive tackle at seven out of Alabama, Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle at eight, Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle at nine, and then McKay Becton, offensive tackle at 10. And then you start getting into CC DeLam, Jerry Judy, Jeff Okuda, and so forth and so on. So it's really interesting, you know, like when you see like all the mocks and what they're doing and yeah. how the quarterback kind of pushes what they think the mocks are going to do based on team needs. And then you look at what uh, Gil Brantz puts up just as a straight-up top 150, and you look at his top 10, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of really good people that are going to fall into the 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and, and into the 20s just because need is pushing all those players down. Right. I'm excited for Justin Herbert. Like, no joke. <laughs> yeah. I really am. Like, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Yeah, he's going to be a decent one, I think, too. The, the, only, the only thing I, I was reading up on Justin Herbert, because I saw him at four, I was like, holy cow, I didn't see that coming. My only concern was, hasn't taken a snap under center and hasn't called a play in college. You what know? You- they fed the plays to him. Oh, okay. I'm like – But, I mean – That's not fair. I mean, that's not – in my opinion, that's not a fair – analysis they fed the plays to him I I get it but like you know under center doing stuff under center was my biggest concern yeah because he can still he can go to the NFL and get fed plays in the NFL I mean he can Mm -hmm. yeah capabilities but you don't I mean you don't want that Um, but yeah I mean that could be that could definitely be a concern so speaking of a draft that happened I think 20 years ago, like on, like last week, Tom Brady went 199th pick overall. I love, I love those stories. And by the way, I think everyone does. I think everyone loves the late round Russell Wilson's Tom Brady picks that just bank them. Like I love Russell. So I'm so glad that he's doing good. And 
no shouldn't be Super Bowls, but uh, so now Tom Brady, you know, I was surprised that he went to Tampa Bay. And if we were doing this in our normal studio, I would hit my sounder saying, Tom Brady is not going to Tampa Bay. <laughs> like 72 hours later, I went, Tom, not Tom Brady is, is now a Buccaneer. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that did not age well. No, no. I don't know if anyone really saw anything coming. It was so quiet until it happened. Right. So what do you guys think about that trade? Or signing, not trade. Good for Tom Brady. I mean, he got $50 million over two years, fully guaranteed, with $9 million incentives. At and 43 years old. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And that, and that offense with, uh, with Bruce Arians is a great quarterback offense. And, mm-hmm. and Arians even said that he, he, wants to, he wants Brady to have a lot of input on, on how they run the offense and everything. So I think it's a, I think it's a match made in heaven. And, you know, do I, do I think they'll win a Super Bowl? You know, time will tell, but I, I think they got a good chance at at least making it to the Super Bowl. So that's a hot take. That is a, are you going to book that? Yeah, I'll book that they'll make the Super Bowl. <laughs> Whoa. I'll book I it. Think, I think they have a hot take. They can win their division. Right. Um, well, the rest of me, I'll tell you what, that's going to be a fun offense to watch. Two great tight ends, two great wide receivers. Uh, they got some running backs that can get the job done. They the got greatest quarterback of all time. And the greatest quarterback of all time. They got the draft to fix up that defense. We'll see. Um, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, Adam. But I, I also think that that's, there's a lot of hurdles to clear there. Right. Um, I think they need some help with the offensive line also because Jameis Winston was sacked 43 times last year. Like Tom Brady hasn't had a season over 21 sacks. So if he's getting sacked, and I'm not saying it wasn't Jameis Winston's fault, but Jameis Winston's more mobile than Tom Brady. If they can't protect Tom Brady, he's going to have a rough year and they're going to be, if he doesn't have any time to throw the ball, he does get it out very, very quickly, but it's going to be a, Rough. I think that's what it is, is James Winston wouldn't let go of the ball. Yeah, yeah, that definitely could be it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of throwing everything out the window with the Bucks, and it, I'm just starting over at this point. Right. <laughs> just because James Winston was so bad last year, <laughs> and they just upgraded to Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback to play the game at 43. So sure. who knows? But, like, I just – like, oh, was the offensive line really bad? Did Mike Evans drop any pass? Who cares? Let's just let's start over. It's a new season. You went from maybe the worst quarterback season we've seen in the last 10 years to 30. bringing in the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. And we're not talking about the ESPN films. 30 to 30. <laughs> <laughs> who, who plays in um, Tampa's division? Uh, new Orleans. So that's going to be awesome having Drew Brees, Tom Brady. That is going to be awesome. That's going to be great. So. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see them in the Super Bowl. I just don't see it. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't have Bill Belichick. I think they were a great team together. Um, he doesn't have, he doesn't have that. And I don't. I just don't think Tampa Bay's got enough of a team around him. They, that was interesting. Good. I just uh, don't think they're going to. 
make the Super Bowl. We'll get there. We'll get there before this is over. Um, what was interesting is uh, Howard Stern was entering, interviewing Tom Brady like he did his first interview, and he just flat out asked him. He's like, well, you're going to Tampa Bay. Are you trying to prove that it was you and not Belichick? And Because um, he's not a sports guy. He doesn't care. He's just going to ask the question. Right. And Brady's response was, I just, I think that's the dumbest question in the world. He, he just said, I think at this, at the point in time when they drafted me and we figured this out, I needed Bill Belichick as much as Bill Belichick needed me. And it worked. You know, he's yeah. like, I never, I've never been around another person that sees the game of football the exact same way I do. So to say, is it Bill or is it me? I just think we both needed each other equally. And I don't know why people are really even debating it. Right. Great coach and I'm a great quarterback. Right. I think it just works. It just works. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see what New England does in the draft and getting a quarterback because I don't think they have anybody. So they're going to have to do something. Right. And I know who I want them to get. Who? Who's it? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Don't yeah. get that Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton. They have. So. Is he a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore, do you guys think? Yes. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're thinking uh, New England, maybe? He's like that borderline of, you know, starting quarterback backup. <laughs> right. He's, his last three years, he's been – he's hurt a couple times. He's had a couple rough years. This last year, when you, you hear the first two stats, you're like, okay, 60% completion, pretty good. Good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, 3,500 yards. Okay. 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. <laughs> eh, that's, that's not good. Like right. for a starting quarterback, that is not the atypical plan for success. Was that the, that was the last two years? No, that was, that was this last year. Six counts, yeah. 14 interceptions. So it's interesting. I looked up just his career stats. I was just curious. I wanted to go look because I really looked at it really hard. But winning seasons, first five years, made the playoffs in the first four. Three time Pro Bowler. Yeah. No, he didn't. <laughs> right. Uh, and then not quite two to one TDs to interceptions with a QBI of 87.5 for his career. So, guess like, how old, guess how old Andy Dalton is? Because I thought I was not accurate where I thought. I thought he's been in the league for – how long do you think he's been in the league? He, since 2011, so nine years. I was going to yeah. say nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, see, I thought he was older. I thought he was getting up there in age. He's still a relatively young guy. Like, yeah. he should have still have five, six years left. But I, yeah. I just don't know. I don't know if a team's going to take a flyer on him. I mean, I, I would, but I just don't. I don't know. I I don't. I mean, if you if you're a team like at the bottom of the barrel that you know needs quarterback help, I wouldn't bring him in to you know maybe push, um, like maybe even like Oakland, but they've got Mariota now to push push Carr. But a situation like that where you bring him in to try and push the young guy, so sure. But, yeah. Well, you know, one place he isn't going, and that's the XFL. <laughs> gone. Gone. gone like a freight train uh, what was your so, prediction mike 
I predicted back in the hot take in episode two of our podcast that it was going to last five weeks, and it lasted five weeks. Yes, <laughs> it took a global epidemic to get it done, but it did. <laughs> that was, see, they, those kind of things, it just sucks. It sucks because it hit them so bad right in the middle of their season of their first year. I mean, people lost millions and millions of dollars, and it sucks for the players, but it was it was on the verge of succeeding anyway. Now, oh yeah, you can't play anymore. And you can't, there's no games. There's no way it can sustain itself. There's just no way. Yeah, I mean, you know, it. I think it wasn't going to last anyway because the attendance and the viewership was starting to, you know, dip. At, you know, it had higher ratings the first week. Second week was down a little bit. Third week it was down. Fourth week it kept going down. So, you know, I, I think they would have made it through the whole season but um, probably wouldn't have made it through to the second season. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's this COVID-19 is really messing up a lot of people's lives and you feel for so many people. It just, it just sucks. And the XFL is is one of those, Um, a sport that's been trying to, that's right in its peak. This is when they do a lot of their stuff is NASCAR. you know, the Daytona 500s in February, and then their their season goes, and they're, that's obviously closed, and then they're not doing those races, but they are doing iRacing. I'm sure you guys have seen that. Yeah, I've, I've actually watched uh, watched one of, of those. And it was actually, it was- Of course you have. Why <laughs> you? Hey, I got to watch some kind of sports, man. There's not a lot out there. <laughs> like on yeah. ESPN, the, uh, they had ESPN 8, the Ocho, and they had like marble racing, and I'm like, what in the hell am I watching right now? I watched marble racing. It was pretty good. Blue blue lightning? That's a good fucking marble. <laughs> dude, dude, that thing was a beast. Pay good money for that marble. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, freaking iRacing or whatever it's called, it has more controversy controversy in the first three weeks than like Meet the Kardashians or whatever. My God, the one guy goes and uh, on air says, like, rage quits, which we've all rage quit, but on, like, people, 10,000 people. Of a million people. Yep. Television. Throws his headset down and says, this is why nobody will ever fucking get behind this stupid sport. That's got to be good from one of your superstars. Like, that would be awesome. Well, and then the following week wasn't much better with Kyle Larson. You know, um, you know. Here's what he said. You know, during a race, appeared to have lost communication with his teammates. Uh, then pro- this prompted him to ask, "You can't hear me?" Question mark. And then said, "Hey, n-word, uh, <laughs> a word that you should never ever say. You know, even behind closed doors." Um, the slur was aimed at his spotter, who is white, which <laughs> oh, um, like you know, his. His uh, racing team, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, ended up terminating him. Um, and after much consideration, Chip Ganassi Racing has determined that it will end its relationship with Kyle Larson. Yeah. It's shocking. Um, yeah, it's not <laughs> shocking at all, right? It's just you, you have to. You can't, you can't promote that kind of bullshit. Um, it's funny because the guy that just rage quit, 
his his sponsor fired him for rage quitting and says we don't sponsor quitters <laughs> like <laughs> like people they don't they don't like this that kind of shit so um well i mean like we were just talking last week like will esports make a like a surge in this COVID-19 world. And I've seen this. They've been doing this racing thing forever. They used to do it for, like, training purposes and just to mess right. around and stuff. I was like, man, it's super cool. Like, they have, like, the like cages and this. it's all real fancy and technical and stuff. And then this happened. They start doing it. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see what comes of it. And all I found out is Kyle Larson proved to me that, my entire life, what I already knew. It wasn't just 14-year-old gamers this entire time. It's grown men saying stupid things on there. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely, uh, definitely is. Uh, that is too funny. So before we end our first segment, I think we need to talk about a very important and global source of entertainment that's happening right now. And that's the Joe Exotic, <laughs> Tiger King. Hey, all you should, cool cat and kittens out there. I feel like I should have my revolver on my hip, some some kitten print, and a tattoo and on my side of Stacy's name. And I feel like maybe a neck tattoo. Black out a couple of your teeth so it makes it look like you don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I really need to get behind. Now, we have to be careful in this segment, and I think Adam brought this up in our pre-meeting because, well, either Adam or Marty, one of you guys, because if we bash Joe Exotic too much, he might come and try to sue us. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to do that's it. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> He gets so, a sniff of this. So I, did, I tried to watch Tiger King, and I made it 40 minutes into the first episode and just bailed for like two weeks and then we had a meeting and it was like hey let's talk about tiger king there's no sports going on and i was like okay i will watch all seven episodes <laughs> plus the the eighth bonus episode where they zoom call everyone yep and i came away yeah. with three bullets three bullets is what i got for you i can't One, wait i can't wait jeff lowe is incredibly guilty <laughs> okay. 100%. That's, that's my first one. Number two, Joe Exotic married three straight guys. Okay. Number three, and this is just an opinion more than a statement. The best part of the entire series is when Joe puts on his paramedic jacket when a worker's arm is eaten. <laughs> That's the first thing he did. He went and put on like a paramedic jet yeah. fighter jacket and he just started walking around. He's like, all right, we're going to get a stretcher, get the stretcher out there. And they come out with this like World War One stretcher. <laughs> it only has three wheels on it. They're just, noop, noop, let's go. Yeah, but he looked, he looked, Fabulous in it. <laughs> I mean, what if you're one of those customers that's in the in the gift shop or whatever? No exotic comes in and says, um, "Hey, I don't mean to alarm anybody, but um, one of the workers' arms uh, was just ripped off by a tiger. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely give you refunds and everything, yeah. but like, yes, here's the baby tiger to play with. 
Oh, that show was unbelievable. It wasn't a great show, but it was very, very entertaining. (laughs) Okay, I have have two questions written down. My first one, Marty answered already with number, with his first statement. Should Jeff Lowe be in jail, right? Like, (laughs) it's more of a statement, like Jeff Lowe should be in jail. Absolutely. Um, And on top of that, I'm going to add a statement. Everyone was Joe Exotic's friend until they were like, we caught you stealing bread. We're going to, we're going to slap you with a fine. And they're like, Joe Exotic's a murderer. <laughs> you killed tigers. Well, Joe Exotic kills tigers. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, it's like, it's like, hey, I got a parking ticket. If you could squash that, I'll tell you where the tigers are buried. <laughs> you almost feel bad for the guy. Like, all of his people that he thought were his friends and his his husbands, they all were just like, if we don't get in trouble, we will fucking sell out. Fuck that guy. He did it. Notice there wasn't one person taking the stand to defend him. <laughs> no. They couldn't find anybody. No. I mean, there was nothing. Even the one guy. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead Mark. The one guy, like the zoo, one of the zoo managers or whatever, he was like, oh, yeah, worked with Joe a long time. He's a great guy. Great guy. And then, like, it cuts to him in the courthouse, and he's like, Joe fucking murders. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you can't say that and then just fucking just bail on it two seconds later. (laughs) And then he comes back around, and he's like, well, I don't want to see him die in jail, but I'm glad he's in jail. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I hope he dies, but I, I didn't say that. I think Mark sent me a message and I was like, I made it through seven episodes of Tiger King. He goes, what do you think? I was like, I'll never dabble in the world of exotic big cats. <laughs> so true. What I don't understand is, do you remember in the one episode when he's in the in the cage and the one tiger starts, you know, like rubbing up against his, his boot and everything like that and starts attacking him? Nobody comes in to help him at all. He's <laughs> I know. Tiger. And everybody's just nobody's going in there to save him or anything like that. It's like, what in the fuck is going on here? Like <laughs> Yeah, that no, no one gives a shit. Okay. Did you guys watch the eighth episode real quick? I, I didn't. I, okay, so watch watch it. It's worth a look. So the general manager that Mark was referencing who was kind of like Joe's only person that would at least vouch for him to some degree, states at the very last episode that Joe Exotic is terrified of big cats. And every video you see where he's in a cage there, those cats are tranquilized. And they're just, they're not 100% because he's too afraid to go in there when they are. Yeah, I thought, I thought I heard that too. Like one, uh, yep. in one scene, like the one is tranquilized and the other one's blind. So <laughs> yep. Yes, that's what it was. So he's afraid of big cats and he doesn't sing in his own songs. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Yeah, you didn't know that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I was so disappointed. <laughs> no, no way. way. A guy that smokes a carton of cigarettes a fucking day, <laughs> that kind of voice. So, <laughs> no way. Okay, question number two. This, this is courtesy of our good friend, Matthew Geiger. Oh boy. How does Joe Exotic 
spend his twelve hundred dollar stimulus check. <laughs> <sighs> so I'll give you my answer, and then you get so you guys can have a chance to think. Um, him and Dylan pool theirs together for twenty four hundred dollars, and they pay the two grand back to that hitman <laughs> that he owes two fucking thousand dollars for. So he pays him two thousand dollars, and then he buys. $400 worth of condoms. <laughs> that no exotic got effed. So can you. And they just litter them out over the United States. <laughs> I think they spend their stimulus checks on. I, w- I was actually going to say spend the twenty you know $2,400 on condoms that say free Joe exotic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe he'll give, the, give his money to that campaign manager that's seeking... Uh, psychological therapy after that show to see if he can't start a free campaign or a free joke data campaign. Everyone fucking turned on him. The only one that didn't turn on him and they never called him to like testify or anything was the one manager who had both his legs missing. He was like the only one that actually cared about Joe Exotic, I think. That's who I thought you were talking about the entire time. Were you talking about the other guy? I'm talking uh, about the guy with the long hair and he's like, yeah, okay. So he's the one that said Joe's afraid of big cats. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. But like the guy, the guy with no legs, I don't remember his name, but he like, they would interview him and he's like, I was waiting for them to call me so I could, you know, tell them what I know about, you know, Joe. Oh, I don't think he was involved in this. And they know no one ever called me. And so I never did any, like there was never, never a thing. And like, you could just tell from him that he was the only one that actually gave a shit about Joe. But who knows? He may have also not been in any trouble, so he didn't sell him out. I don't know. He also seemed to, like, in episode eight, just, like, picked up his life and moved on. Like, he's, yeah. he's got a new girlfriend, he's living his life, no big deal. He sponsors uh, Derby Cars. Does, yep. Does he still have the uh, the vehicle with the skeleton in the passenger seat? <laughs> so they brought that up in his what was it? I don't remember what his response was, but watch the last episode. A fan asked that question. What's up with, who was the skeleton in your passenger seat? And he, he just said something along the lines of that he has dark humor like Joe too or something. I don't know. That's weird. He should, he should have said Don Lewis, Carol Baskin's second husband. <laughs> what about her first husband? Maybe that's, where, maybe that's her first husband. That's no. been the mystery the whole time. See, you fell into the same trap, and Mr. Geiger corrected me. Her first husband was just that abusive asshole who she left, and then Don Lewis, the millionaire, picked her up while she was walking and crying. Yep. Technically, Don Lewis is her second husband, and her third husband is the one he, she's currently married to. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I forgot about the first one that was abusive and who she left when she was like 22 years old or whatever. Well, Carol's a complicated lady. <laughs> he's a nice lady except for she killed her husband I mean right <laughs> she killed her husband <laughs> well and like the uh, the life insurance policy like it was five years and one day and then she <laughs> up, like you have to wait for five years and then the <laughs> day after the five year hit boom collected that life insurance <laughs> His the will that that they couldn't they couldn't find, so they had to use the one that Carol had said on it. In case of my disappearance, 
who puts that in a fucking will? Right. <laughs> who puts that? I'm not an attorney. I worked at a law firm for seven years and we did estate planning. No one puts, unless <laughs> if I disappear in the first line of their will, like what? How, how about the judge that they kept interviewing there? I've never met a more diehard Republican, Southern, good old boy. Like, we got this thing called the Constitution, and I'm not just going to start changing things because you're making a Netflix series. <laughs> what, what happened to common sense? The very first four words in case of disappearance. You're right. It's, it's insane. I didn't it, kill my husband. Well, if you uh, if you want like some a tiger to eat you, you know you gotta put like sardine oil or something like that. <laughs> How did you know that? Yeah. Wait a minute. You gotta put sardine oil on them, kill them, and then bury them under the giant stadium like Jimmy Hoffa. Not that I would know. <laughs> freaking it, freaking it. In my opinion. In my personal. Oh. Also, FYI, Doc Antle got rated as well an episode they do an update on that or something like that yeah yeah that guy he weirds me out too he's definitely belongs in big cat world (laughs) (laughs) so i was gonna say let's take a break but let's just keep this thing going if you guys are good um so (laughs) speaking of the new york giant stadium um so we were talking at our pre-meeting about running backs in the league right now. And we typically in the last few series or episodes, we've done top 10 quarterbacks of the last 30 years, top 10 running backs of the last 30 years. In this episode, we are going to do top 30 wide receivers of the last third of the last 30 years, top 10 wide receivers. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of weird right now. And we didn't know how this all was going to work out. And we did, we wanted to have, a natural discussion we didn't know if we could which turns out we actually this seems pretty natural to me um but we're not going to do that this episode we're going to push back one more episode we had a lot to talk about today anyway but we did come across the idea of running through no pun intended the top five running backs in the nfl right now who you would take as who do you think the top five running backs in the nfl are and we were going to Go through our list. So, uh, you want you guys want to do paper, scissors, rock to see who goes first? Yeah, I yeah, think that's yeah. a really legit way to do it. On shoot, one, two, three, shoot. Ah, uh, you get to go first, Marty. Good job. <laughs> I won. How do I have to go first? <laughs> you were the odd man out. You go first. Yeah. All right, I'll go first because you guys right, are you can pick. No, 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 no. I want to go first. It's over. You and Adam can figure it out later. All right. Because <laughs> I already know it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> top five running backs. Where my secret, Marty? Top five running backs in the league right now. So for number one, I have Christian McCaffrey. Yep. He's fresh on everyone's mind. He's got a big contract, but it, it will, we can talk about this later. If you look at this guy's stats, both rushing and receiving, you, it is insanely good. $16 so, million a year he's getting in his contract. Good for him. Deserves it. If the Lions said we'll give him 17, I'd be like, smart. Do that. Right. Uh, number two, I put Delvin Cook. 
coming off an injury the year before, but um, when this guy's not injured, he's putting up 100-plus yard games, and he's carrying teams on his back, and he's consistent. He gets you what you expect every single time, and I'm super excited to see what the future holds for him. I, he, he missed a whole year with a blown knee, but um, I, I love watching that guy run. He's He, he kind of reminds me of a, a young Adrian Peterson, the way he just runs at people. But can well, still move outside. Uniform. Yep. Uh, number three, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Great running back. Um, again, you know, just feed him the ball and let him go. It's hard to find. They're really looking for bell cows that can get the job done, game in, game out. I hate Ohio State, but I got to respect what Ezekiel Elliott does on the field. Number four, Derrick Henry. I love Derrick Henry since he was drafted. I don't know where you find a 6'2", 240-pound running back that can run like a 4'6", 4'40". I'm glad they finally stopped messing around with everybody else that they had on there and just started feeding this guy the ball. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, he can can outrun everybody in in an 80-yard dash. So uh, top five right now, Derek Henry's at four for me. Number five, Elvin Kamara. He can stay healthy. I'd love to see what he can do. He's elusive. Uh, he's shifty. He's like a LaShawn McCoy that maybe eight or nine years ago. Uh, he just needs to stay upright. But when he's upright, he's great. It's a good list. I'd say that's a pretty good list. Yep. All right. I, I really don't – I mean, I don't have many – we have some difference in opinions, but I, I can't argue with, with any of them. My only one would be – Delvin Cook, just he was your he was your number two, just because I don't know if he can stay healthy yet. I I like him too. I think he's a really, really good player. I just want to see one more year. If you said in one more year, Delvin Cook is the number one running back in the NFL, I would say I can see that. I can see it. Yeah, yeah I think fair. I think I didn't have Delvin on my list just because of the injury factor. Right. Same. Um, you know, like like Alvin Kamara, I have him fifth also. He could have been higher if he, you know, if he wasn't, like, injured this year. Yeah, I, I think my problem with – the only reason I put Delvin up there a little bit more, because that's why Alvin went down my list, too, is I kind of – and maybe I didn't look at his injury history close enough, but it looked like a freak accident to me, like one of those you got – you blew your ACL out and you're done. And you're going to have to come back and everything will be okay. And he came back and he just rocked the NFL world this past season from a right. running back standpoint. So I maybe I just, that's why I pushed the injury thing down a little bit right. and got him up the list. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue that I, as much as I would love to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to. All right. You ready, Adam? <sighs> On shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Ah, I broke you. So I, well, I get to choose who goes, right? Yeah, you can either go or if you want me to go. I'm going to go. I can't do that. Marty beat us and then we made him go first. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right. I have uh, Christian McCaffrey, number one. Um, I, I actually looked a lot at total yards per game and then total mm-hmm. It's not even close. McCaffrey, 149 total yards a game on average. 
and 19 total touchdowns. He's dual threat if there's ever been a dual threat ever. Mm -hmm. Number two, I have Zeke Elliott, 111 total yards a game, uh, 14 touchdowns. This is just last year for both of, for all these. It's great. Those are great numbers. Are you kidding me? I would take 111 yards a game and a touchdown every game. Like that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, number three, I have Derrick Henry. Uh, I've, it's always been, Derrick Henry's been just on the cusp of being great, but then like he'll have a down season and you'll kind of forget about him. And then he'll have a couple, he'll go on a good stretch, but then you forget about him. Last year was dominance, right? 116 total yards a game, 18 touchdowns. I mean, he was, they fed him and he ran it like a monster so I have him at number three I have Elvin Kamara at number four this is because I just like him in general but five yards a game six touchdowns which is obviously a lot less than all these other guys but he missed a few for injury um he's another one of those if you said Elvin Kamara is the best running back in the league a year from now I would be like yeah I can see that it, the Saints they love to use dual threat or they love to use two running back sets like when it was they had Ingram in in there and it was they they just like doing that mm -hmm. um so I think that takes away from him but I, I really like him and then number five I actually have Saquon Barkley uh I, thought, I almost put him on my list yeah and eight touchdowns I think he's got a bright future that being said I'm just looking back and he's a beast I, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a monster. Um, the way he, yeah, I just wanted to see more out of them. I, I think he would, I think next year we could make a top five list and we'd be like, Oh, Saquon Barker, it's pretty hard to ignore that now. Right. Yeah. Some of his runs, he just, he's just a workhorse. He just runs. His first run in the NFL was almost a touchdown. Yeah. It, and yeah, I think it was, yeah. I mean, they yards. barely got him. Right. So going through my list, McCaffrey, Elliott, um, Henry, Kamara, Barkley. That's my list. Yep. I, uh, I'm looking at my list, and mine, uh, I've got the same five, just not in the same order. Shocking. <laughs> well, yeah, we you, see, you need to get into the meeting with Mark and I before. Right. This, so. right. We, make sure, we make sure to schedule it when you're not available, so that we <laughs> join our Zoom. Um, my list, I have, uh, Christian McCaffrey, number one, um, you know, a guy that can, you know, run and catch out of the backfield, you know, he, he can do it all. Uh, number two, I've got Zeke Elliott, uh, like Marty said, you know, total workhorse, give him the ball. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna do great things and get touchdowns in, you know, hundred yards a game. Uh, number three, I actually had Saquon Barkley. Um, oh wow! I think that he is a special type of talent at running back. Um, you know, I know he's only got two years in the league, but and last year he was, you know, injured for half of it. Right. But, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what yeah. But when he when he came out of Penn State, I I thought that he he's going to be a really good running back in the league. Um, number four, Derrick Henry. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, talk about. Uh, a guy that will just pound it up the gut 
and you know he you can't st- stop Derrick Henry. He he ran the ball so hard that he he took he carried the Titans to the AFC Championship on his back. Yeah, um, it was. Then, I love watching. Really, not far off. Yeah, um, number five, Alvin Kamara, um, and Marty, you brought up. You know exactly what I was going to say. You know, uh, Lashawn McCoy type of player. You know, he's explosive. Um, you know, I I compare him a lot to Lashawn McCoy, where he's just you know he's so fast and explosive and everything. So, but yeah, that's uh, like I said, same t- same five people, Mark, just a little bit different order. So yeah, and I don't think there's an argument. See, and that's what makes the running back positions seem a little like they're paying they're pay, they they paid McCaffrey perfect but how many times do you see a high paid running back go down with an injury and the, the the backup comes in and does he do just as good no but is does he do 90% as good 85% and is it is it worth the money to invest in a running back i just I, don't, I, don't. I think I think Melvin Gordon holding out and Austin Eckler coming in and just yes. dominating destroyed the holdout slash kind. Like he hurt the running back pay grade more than he helped it by holding out. Yeah. Well, in like the Le'Veon Bell situation, James took less Conner, money. James mm-hmm. Conner comes in and does just you know maybe not as good of a job as Le'Veon. Ninety percent, right? But a serviceable running back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for. Yeah, for 1,050 yards instead of 1,120. Yeah, you know? right. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Talk about when Melvin Gordon was holding out, talk about having to eat a hum- piece of humble pie. You go, I'm <laughs> I know I'm worth it. And then going and being like, I would like to get signed because I ain't worth it, apparently. <laughs> right. Calling. Now he's now he's having to share a backfield with Philip Lindsay in Denver. So, yeah, um, which yes. this is going to be something we talk about on the next podcast. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about undrafted free agents and where they like where they are now. And some of our our more familiar ones. It was a suggestion from Smith, um, which I think would be fun. In when as soon as I heard that, I thought of Lindsay for for Denver and his story and how and how that works and how he's making the most of it it's uh it's pretty it's gonna be interesting to watch denver's gonna have a fucking good backfield <laughs> they're gonna have some good run yeah, yeah yeah i actually uh, was kind of hoping deep down that the lions would take a run at melvin gordon and try yeah. to group him up i would think that would make sense a little bit personally but yeah it's pretty held um, out yeah classic so um, another topic that is very, very important that I want to talk about, and it might get into a little long, but I think that's okay. Have you decided on a grill, Marty, that you're going to purchase? I've not. You have I pushed it out. I pushed it out nine days. You pushed it out nine days. All right, let's let's get into it. Let's let's figure out what's going on with you and your grill. So, well, you know, I, I'm going to have to get a new grill, a uh, no. gas grill. Because sure. my wife isn't a fan of the taste of charcoal, and you, but you have a charcoal. And, and I love charcoal, but and we, when spring, summer, fall comes along, we will grill 
three times a night. So I understand the idea of let's throw some brats on there, let's make some birds, let's do all that. Let's, I want to deal with the chimney starter every single time. Anyways, uh, to be brief here because I'm often long-winded, I spent hours upon hours upon hours and sent Mark multiple messages and links to different grills. I probably at one point had 23 different tabs open in Chrome looking at different grills. I had it narrowed down to three, then down to two, then back up to four. And now I'm just walking away from the situation for nine days and I'll come back. Okay. I want, I want to, I think I want a grill that will fit what I want to cook. I'm trying to uh, change my perspective here and stop looking at it as how many burners do I have how much space, how much cooking space does each grill have? Mm. And as long as it's not two burners, I'll figure everything else from out from there. And then I don't ever want to have to look at a grill again for the next 10 years. It's going to go in my garage. It won't see the elements. Um, I'll take care of it. We'll get cleaned, all that stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm really working this over because I'm looking at Weber's uh, I'm looking at Charbroiled, which used to be like your entry level one, came out with Signature Series. Royal King from Canada, they have a lot of really good products out there as well. So yeah, I'm doing my homework. And then I went to Ace Hardware because I wanted to I wanted to see this big, tiny, not that many burners grill. Uh, it's a super nice grill. Three burners, just as much cook space. as It's real close to what you have on yours, Mark. Uh, minus the burner and then the guy was like well hey if you can wait like eight or nine days we're gonna uh we're supposedly supposed to be having some promos coming directly from weber because they're trying to incentivize people to buy grills so i was like well see you in, see you in seven weber did not pay for a sponsorship in this podcast but maybe they should have <laughs> they take a they take a you know it's what what really hurts them right now more than anything is they're kind of taking a beating on their latest series of grills that they released that maybe Weber isn't what Weber used to be. So that's why, like, I was like, I need to go look at this. I need to touch it. I need to, like, I mean, you go to any review site that you're going to start at a Weber at the top every single time. But, like, what they want for this grill and the 10-year warranty and all that, it better last 10 years. It's, right. it's an investment. And if it's not going to, then I'm going to go down a level. But I don't have a reason that I have to run into it right now. So there's my very shortened version of my grill search. Okay. I got one question. Yeah. Adam and you and me. You, there is one thing that you have to have on your grill. You're looking for a new grill. What's your one thing you have to have? You're like... If it doesn't have it, I throw it away. I send it back. I don't even look at it. Oh, cast iron, porcelain, crates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, other than that, I don't really know. <laughs> Agreed. So apparently we all, if it doesn't have cast iron, I, I can't. It's so amazing how much the, and believe me, I looked at a lot of grills over the last five days. You wouldn't believe how many, two, three hundred dollar grills mm-hmm. that don't have it. That's it's just like, what, what are you doing at this point? Spend another hundred dollars, you get a better grill and your cast iron grates. Right, right. 
Yeah, I completely agree. It's funny that we all agree. So, okay, well, thank you for your review. I look forward to well, I mean, our next podcast might be a month, so you might have a new grill by then. So uh, keep potential. <laughs> so, all right, whose turn is it for uh, rapid fire? Uh, I believe it is my turn. Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's hear him. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Uh, question number one. Have you found a new hobby or activity while in quarantine? No. Yes. Mowing, like just general lawn maintenance has now become a thing I like to do. <laughs> I, no. No. All right. Question number two, uh, which we kind of already asked uh, this. Uh, did that bitch Carol Baskin kill her husband? 100%. That's 100%. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> Uh, question number three. Do you think the NFL and college football start on time? Yes. Yeah, I do. I do too. Uh, question number four. Who is the greatest NBA player of all time? Michael Jordan. Michael Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, would you take a punch to the face from prime Mike Tyson for a million dollars? Oh, my God. <laughs> Does he have a glove on? Well, like boxing gloves. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. He might kill me. For a million dollars? Hell yeah, I would. <laughs> I'll take a concussion. I don't care. If if that question ended with, and you know you'd survive, then I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I don't give a shit. <laughs> care about the pain. I'm saying, I think he might kill me. I think a, a punch from Mike Tyson in his prime might kill me. No. You might get knocked out for like. Oh, you'll definitely uh, get knocked out from Mike Tyson and his brand. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> professional fighters were getting knocked out and they knew it was coming. Like, I mean, they were training for it. <laughs> they were trying to move. <laughs> Dude, oh, God, it would be so. Uh, I have a headache thinking about that. I... Million Dollars feels nice. Let him punch me. I agree. <laughs> Can't make me any argumentary. I just need to make Joltek million dollar check cut to you. I get to punch you in the face, Marty. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm way more comfortable with that. Oh yeah. On you now. It's on you now, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. God bless right. Joltek. <laughs> <laughs>